If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Daja Kisubo probably swears like a sailor. When she wants to. We can too. When we want to. So if you're not a sailor, please listen at your discretion. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're talking about chapter 11 of Daja's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. This girl is on fire. Daja's book, chapter 11, a lot of shit happens. A lot of shit happens. Sandry, Tris, Briar, and their teachers go to have dinner with Lady Anolia and Yarn Fire Tamer, and he's like, I've put out all the fires, bitches. And the Duke. Don't forget about the Duke. He's there, too. Oh, yes, the Duke. Yeah. And Rose Thorne's like, "Uh, I raised my eyebrow at you, sir. Are you sure about that? Yarin's throwing a fit because Rose. You just want to take this away from me. I'm amazing and you won't see it. The Duke is trying to, what's the word? Conflict management. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to keep the peace. Yeah. The kids notice smoke in the distance. It's in the forest where it really shouldn't be. And Triss is like, here, use my power. Lark or Nico is like, yes, use mine too. And Yarn's like, no, I can do this by myself. He sprinkles dust in the air and says his magic words and the fire goes out. And then there's another one and he makes that fire go out. And then there's another one. He makes that fire go out and there's another one. And he dies. Which 
I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I did not think he was going to die. I knew there was going to be a fire. It's been building up that there's going to be a fire. But I was not expecting Yarin to die, honestly. He's, he's just been overtaxed. It is a gruesome description. Yeah, that, I was like, whoa, oh, okay, I did not expect that, I did not see that coming. Lady Anolia is turning to all of the other mages in the room, surely one of you can do something, and they all look at her and say, uh, nope, that was the whole point of everything we've been trying to say since we got here, you've got a fire on your hands and you can't put it out, pray for rain. Because one mage tried to do something, and uh, now he's dead. Dead. Bleeding bleeding out his eyeballs. Honestly, it reminds me of the wildfires in Australia, which were a decade and a half ago. Wait, was it that long ago? It was like... It was in January. Oh, that's right. (laughs) It's been 20 20 long years. which, Which in 2020... It feels like a decade and a half. Okay, look, that, it's that's been 11 fair. years. It has officially been 11 years since 2020 started. So. Okay, so not a decade and a half, but just a decade. Yeah. Just a, a mild overestimation. Oof. Because my sister lives in Australia, and what she told my mom was all they could do was wait for it to rain. Yeah. Mm. When it gets that bad, literally, there's not much that can feasibly be done other than wait. Is there a way that they could clean up the mass? There's people in the village. They Could could they not just go out, start picking up twigs and stuff? That is what fires are supposed to do, is clean up the mass. I know, but I'm just saying, like, to get rid of the fires, could it? People clean up the by mask. The time, it's way too much. By the time the fire is going like this, it's too late. Yeah. And there's. I, I, I get too late now, but before the fire started, could they yeah. have gone out there and cleaned up the mast instead of. In just theory, yes. The, theoretically, yeah, they totally could have, but then they wouldn't have time to farm or tend their animals or. Because it's, it's a lot. Like, it's all the dead leaves and all the branches and all the other crap. We can send the kids out there. The kids aren't doing anything but run around playing tag or whatever. And make yourself useful. Go clean up some twigs. See, what they should have done is send the kids into the forest and start fires. That's, that's... Or do that. <laughs> yeah. Controlled burns. Controlled burns. They're necessary. We learned that the hard way. So did they. Tamara Pierce, it's like you're a fortune teller. Right? Of doom. They tell Lady Anolia they can't put out the fire. And then Sandry and Briar and Triss realize something very, very bad. Daja is in the forest. Cut to Daja riding with Polyam. And Daja, being a smith mage, has a connection to fire. They've noticed the smoke. They think it's just kind of the grass fires at first, but it's getting worse. And Daja realizes that her skin feels the way it does in a forge, which means she must be close to a fire. 
she cries out to tell the trader caravan to turn around because they are riding into a fire. And around the same time that she's having this realization, Sandry is in fact contacting her mind to mind to tell her, you guys have to turn around, you're riding into the fire. But nobody will listen to Daja because she's Trangxi. So she's mm. like, Polyam, you have to help me. We are riding into a fire. Everyone is going to die. So Polyam tries to tell them all, but nobody will listen to her because she's Kun Suanen. Daja it's yells Daja out. Daja getting up and screaming, I will rust every single nail in this entire caravan. I can do it. Listen to me. <laughs> But she can't. But they don't know that. It's don't know that. And it works. They it stop. Works. See, like, it's a good bluff. Between her and Polyam, they manage to force the caravan to turn around. Daja is trying to hold back the fires. She doesn't have enough strength. But unlike Yarin... She is willing to accept the help from her friends and her teacher. Triss and Sandry and Frostpine jump in to help her, and the four of them work on weaving the fire into squares. They try to lay one of the squares on the fire because they already know that those squares will put the fire out, but when they do, the fire gets pushed to the sides. So they realize they can't do that to put the fire out, but they can kind of keep it at bay so that it doesn't hit the trader caravan. But then in the midst of all of this, the fire jumps the road on the other side. And now the trader caravan is surrounded in a ring of fire. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we discuss what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. Read the whole chapter. That's my likes and dislikes. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> reading this chapter was a whirlwind. So yeah. much happens in this chapter and it just doesn't stop. And yeah. again, with the fantastic chapter endings. Tamara Pierce is on fire. I'm excited to read chapter 12 because the way chapter 11 ends is like, oh, what happens next? How are they going to solve this? The big thing that really hit me in this chapter was Lady Anolia. Because after Yaren dies, she begs Rosethorn and Nico and the kids and all them to help her and they're like uh, we can't that was the whole point of everything we've been saying she freaks out she realizes that there are people who are dying in this in the villages and she dashes out of the room and there's this lovely little exchange between Sandry and Duke Beatrice where Sandry's like she didn't even blink when he died and the Duke says she has to take care of everything else first. And we have been ragging on Lady Anolia this whole book because she's done a lot of really dickish power move, look at me type things. But this little moment 
really shows me that she does on some level care about her job being responsible for this area. She does on some level care about those people because she actually freaks out and is worried about them and runs off to see what she can do. The problem is that it's too little too late. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. It's hard to fix something after the damage is done. You kind of just got to wait and then pick up what you can later and continue forth. Yeah. I would say, right. above all, I feel like Lady Anolia's great character flaw isn't even her love of power, but it's her confidence. She is parading this, oh, yes, I have a great fire mage who can put out every fire and everything's going to be fine. And then when her one plan doesn't work, there's nothing she can do. It puts way too much trust into this one person. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it reminds me a little bit of the United States with the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, she just put all her eggs in one basket. Relying on this guy that clearly doesn't seem very reliable. And then, that, you know, has a bone to pick. I don't know. It's just dumb. It's dumb, dumb, dumb leadership there. I think perhaps Lady Anolia and Yarin are similar in that way. We don't get a lot of her background, but I wonder if she also feels a need to prove herself the way Yarin does. And as a result similarly shows off her wealth, shows off her power, doesn't want to take help or advice from outside. And similarly, it ends up screwing I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that she's a woman. I wonder that too, especially because so much of our world has a male-female discrepancy, though we don't necessarily see that in Emelon. Yeah. So that's why it makes me wonder if that's the case or not. Yeah. We've seen from book one women in positions of importance and power. Um, The head of Winding Circle Temple is female. The judge who almost sent Briar to his death was female. The blacksmith that Daja met before Frostpine was female. I don't want to try to make those to seem like they're unimportant and little, but a leader of a temple is not the same kind of power as like a person in charge of a village. But we also have to look, was she born into this or did she marry into this? I believe she married into it because I believe she's Duke Vedras's daughter-in-law. So where is the husband? Is he dead or? Most likely. But I don't think that's specified either. See, what I was thinking is it might have something to do with nepotism. Since Yarn's father clearly had this firefighting job before, maybe Lady Anulia kept Yarn there because of his family tie? We do know that Yarn was very good at it, and he's gotten worn out, probably because having no controlled burns made it harder and harder and harder to stop the fires that were starting. Yes. Because we hear from Polyam the level of control he had many years in the past. Yeah, where he let everything burn. uh, He put everything out except for near the kitchen because they 
wronged him. I'd be interested in knowing more about the gender balance or imbalance of Amelon and the surrounding area. Yeah. See, for me, I don't think that has to do with gender. I think that's because she was born in, or she was, she married, married to it. Wasn't really prepared for it. Yeah. I think it's that more than a gender related issue. And it is possible that her husband died very recently and she's had to take on a lot of additional responsibilities that she's not really prepared for and in a very sudden way. Yeah, which is definitely something that uh, if you're not prepared for the gravity of the situation, then you're probably going to be set up to fail. Like, there's no nice way of putting that. My favorite thing of the entire chapter was the description of fire forging. Dasha was holding up the pillars of fire and having her friends help her bring them under control. It's just another way to see everyone's um, kind of temperament and how they approach problems. Uh, Sandry was weaving the fire in her own way, kind of quick, but uh, sort of sloppy. She would let threads kind of get away from her, then bring them back. When Triss got hers, she did it slowly, but with a lot more control. And Daja was like, Triss has got it. I know her. I know how she does stuff. So she, she's got it under control. And then uh, Frostpine on that last one, he just kind of comes in. And he's like, yo, I got this. Kind of gets them together and like smacks them together, just like he's working with wire in the forge. Just seeing those um, descriptors. We already know these characters, but it just kind of emphasizes how they are. I love Frostpine's attitude. He's, he's a cool dude. Yeah, and he's, I got this, and then he puts it together, and then he stands back, and he's like, look at me, ain't I awesome? And Dajel's like, uh, I have a crisis to deal with, thank you very much. I'd not like to die today. Get back there so I can do my job. <laughs> <laughs> he was very proud of himself, but it, it, it was good. I mean, he did good, so. He did, he did. And the other part that I liked was Triss keeping her cool after um, helping Yaren push the uh, powder off the balcony. Both Lady Nulia and Duke Vidris kind of turn around and they're like, did somebody do something? And she's like, I'm going to stare at this wall and pretend like I'm still mad. I love Nico signaling her to, to help him. Because he's hiding behind Briar, which is just a really amusing thought. Of the mental image, yeah. yeah. And Briar knows he's up to something, and so he's just like, "What? There's no one behind me." Hmm? Yeah, keeps huh? keeps a straight face, doesn't say anything. And then Duke Vedras uh, giving giving Triss a wink. Yeah, I gotcha. I, I saw that. That was cute. I love Duke Vedras. He's amazing. He's pretty cool. It's really cool how he clearly cares very deeply for Sandry. And it's cool how he has so quickly developed a relationship with these other kids that she's become friends with. It's like when you're a kid in high school or even in college and you meet a friend and they come home with you or you go home with them and somebody's mom is just like, oh, you're family now. Well, I have a dislike. And my dislike is Noya. I don't like her. <laughs> she made up for it, I guess, a little bit with acting like she cared about the village when Yarin dies. 
But at the beginning of it, whenever Nico and Yarn start to go at each other, uh, she uh, looks at the Duke and she's like, they have their uses. When these people get to one of their endless debates, she's basically like, oh, they, they have their uses like they're a tool. Like she doesn't see Yarn as a person. He's a tool. <laughs> he yeah, he, is a tool. He is a tool, but he doesn't deserve to be treated as such. He is a person. Yeah, he deserves oh, no, some no, some no. basic human decency. Okay. Whether I like him or not, yes. Complete utter bag of shit. Therefore, is a tool, but he doesn't need to be treated as something that belongs in the work shed that only gets pulled out in times of crisis. And we do get from Yarin in a previous chapter the way she treats him. He says, when you guys aren't around, I eat with the servants. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any respect, even though I'm the person who keeps everyone from dying. And he gave his life for her and yeah he, he was just treated like a tool the whole time he kept trying and trying and trying to be this big person to her and he gave his life for it and what did I that get if lady Golia had treated Yarin better if he would have been more willing to listen to rose thorn or to take Tris and Nico's power to put out yeah. the ears. I definitely think that would have helped the chip on her shoulder. Definitely, like, for sure. And that kind of goes back to what I said earlier about Lady Anoria's leadership. Like She has to be this flashy, like kind of outwardly powerful, but you can tell that she doesn't treat her people with very much respect or encouragement. Yeah, and she only seems to care when it's too late. So, yes. I don't know. I, I feel bad for Yarn in this whole thing. A day, a day late and a maid short. <laughs> he, yeah. yeah, it's all Anolia's fault that he died. So, and the, and that he was the way he was. So, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I do. It, his pride definitely had something. Not to, to mention his dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, his dad was kind of a dick. If he would have been treated better, I don't think he would have been so much of a dick. I think it would have helped. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that it would have completely kept him from being that way, but it would have helped. I feel like his whole conversation with Daja, where he's saying, oh, like, look at Nico, he's amazing, and I'm treated like shit. You guys don't have to work for anything. If he would have been treated like he was something instead of a tool, he would have been so proud. I don't know. What a shit. It's it's sort of a catch-22. He talks about his personal interests. He didn't want to be a fire mage. But what he wanted, he tried to pursue, and he was discouraged from that. Yes. Well, so it's not just Anolia. It's the whole system in a whole. I feel like, in a sense, what he's really jealous of with Nico isn't so much the fame, but the fact that Nico did, in fact, get to pursue his interests. Yaren is he didn't yeah dissatisfied and he doesn't feel like he has a way out of it. On to a like, I like when Nico and Yaren are talking, and Yaren tells uh, Nico, "You want to see me fail," and Nico just gazes oh. at him. 
black eyes level, even kind, and yarn looked away. This is like, he's basically like, that's not what I'm wanting for you. I just want you to listen. And he's being kind about it. And I, I wish I was more like Nico. Yeah. Because I'm not kind a lot of the time. I'm a hateful person. Especially if a person is being hateful towards me. I, I'll like, I'm not going to take this shit from you. I'll be mean back to you. So I like that one. Nico shows nothing but kindness to this awful man. And then my last like was when Tris asked Yarn if he would like some of her power, which I don't feel like Tris would have done, say, if this would have happened in like the first book. She definitely would not have offered something like that. So we continuously still see growth from her, which is awesome. Yes. It was sad to see her hurt, though, him being all hateful towards her. dick? You don't understand, man. This girl would not be offering this kind of thing any other time. And now, out of nowhere, she's offering to help you. And you're being a dick. This is a big thing for her. And you're being an asshole. I feel like that's par for the course for him. Yeah. Yeah. Just a shit human being. Yeah. He is shit, but... Like I said, he still deserves to be treated like a person, even if he's, he is shit. He's a yeah. of his environment. Uh, I was going to say he's a bioterrorist. We don't treat bioterrorists like humans. It's an interesting topic to kind of think about. Where does the responsibility for someone's actions end and begin? Think about um, how people were raised and maybe didn't have the best like home conditions. But does that take away their responsibility to good? to be good people when they know better in the Uh, future? No, he's responsible for his own actions. Uh, I guess he could use those experiences to be like, you know what? I'm not going to let these things affect me. I'm going to be better because of these terrible things. And he did not do that. He also could have used his experience as a fire mage to say, oh, you know what? Maybe Rose Thorne's got a point. I don't know anything about this, but I do know that it's become increasingly harder for me to put out fires. Or he could have used his experience as a mage to say, yeah, I do need help. It's important to recognize that people who do bad things often are products of their environment because it shows us those flaws in the environment. Yeah. We can see when we read this book that he's treated poorly by his boss, basically, as well as by his dad. We know if we are in those positions that we don't want to do that because we can see the negative effects that it can have on people and how those can ripple out. Similar to the earthquake in book one, how it keeps causing these ripples that get stronger and do more damage. Bringing it back around. (laughs) Since Brittany's the mom of the group, I encourage you to encourage your child in her interest. Of course. If she decides she doesn't want to be a fire mage. No, she has to fight fires. That's what she has to do. She has no option. If she wants to dance, no, you can't dance. You have to fight fires. Is it spoilers? Don't. Because we do technically have someone later no. who dances. La, 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 la. Don't. Don't. 
Is it Lark? Yes, Lark dances. Yeah. Lark dances. Wait, wait. Or is Frost Pine finally going to become that dancing girl? That he- oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll have to read and find, find out. <laughs> Next time on the Reading Circle Temple. <laughs> Will Frost Pine become is a dancing girl? <laughs> I really do like that whole scene the very beginning when they're like putting out the fires and rose thorn is just like are you sure bitch are you positive you did this and then sandry with her snarky thought of does she want us to applaud or something (laughs) what does she want from us is this why you called us yes with you guys like yay good job you did your job woo that one Sandry's comment of I've had enough of these people that scene right there with Briar and Sandry just makes me happy because he's just sitting there eating the berries and Sandry's like in a sour mood and he's just like here eat eat lady eat I always thought that scene was kind of weird because it feels almost sexual or romantic to me it's just a very weird thing the way he holds it to her lip and he's like open your mouth i do that to sarah all the time weird behavior so like ways since we don't know about that no that scene was in the book that we just read when they're all eating remember that yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was kind of weird. I was like, Briar, what are you? What are you? What are you doing? Okay, I, I guess it's because of character to me. Most that's fair. Not not him doing it, but the way he said it. Yeah, but like I I do that to Sarah all the time. Here, eat. Open up. Eat. Eat. I guess I totally skipped over that. I've done that before, like. To Allie, I'm like, here, try this, but I don't like put it on her lip. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's fair. Oh, I see I it now. Okay. Yeah, that happened. Because it sounds like he's like placing it like literally right against her lip and he's like, yeah, just, open your mouth. And so it just seems sort of like a sensual type thing, which is weird because they're 10 and they're not like that. And we haven't seen any evidence of them being like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I understand why people shift Briar Sandry. I know. But like, no, I, I took that as the sibling way because I do that to mine all the time. Got it. Here, eat. I will wind up with the spoon right here. Before I'm yeah, like, but you eat. Be utensil. This is an actual eat. berry. Like here. Eat yeah, it. I think I think on her lip. <laughs> Well, she's talking about a spoon being on the lip. I don't think, I do think in general, the fact that it's a berry affects it because berries are often seen in scenes in that way between lovers. Yeah. But when I think berry, I think of like strawberry and then you think of like Valentine's Day. Chocolate covered strawberries. Yeah. The parallel I wish to draw is between uh, Sandry and Polyam, where Sandry says, I've had enough of these people. And Polyam is, I'll be glad to see the last of this place. You can tell that there's a lot of unrest for the outsiders of the community. All of them are like, "Uh, I don't want this no more. 
I do not like this. This is no more fun. And I do really like Daja just standing up and saying, I will rust every nail in this caravan. I can do it. She couldn't, but they didn't know that. What they don't know won't hurt them. Exactly. Or it could. Then, of course, we have to end it with Frost Pine being Frost Pine. And that little conversation between Daja and Frost Pine where Frost Pine's like, not bad for an old man like me. I'm glad I got to try this out. And Dasha's like, I'm so pleased that you're pleased. If I would have known you wanted to play with fire, we would have done this months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget? Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find in the chapter? Not listening to get yourself killed. Because with Yarn, it literally does kill him. And with the traitors, 
we don't know if they're going to die yet or not from not listening to Daja yeah. and Aliam. It very well could lead to their death by not listening. Very well could, yes. That was basically mine as well because Yarin doesn't listen to Rosethorn. The traders don't listen to Daja. Enolia also doesn't listen to Rosethorn. Yeah, no. She's just like, oh, he's fire mage. It's fine. That's what I have him for. Again, it reminds me of America during the pandemic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Listen to the experts. Because it's possible it'll be too late by the time you do. Because it's too late for the traders as well, because now they're literally surrounded by fire. Jazz, if you don't listen, you will be thrown out of my lap. Don't claw me. Yeet. So what's your theme, Indy? My theme is fuck with nature. I'm glad somebody said it, because I didn't. Fuck with nature, she's gonna fuck you back. That's that has been an entire buildup to this chapter is that that idea of the more you fuck with nature, the worse it's going to be when everything is said and done. We have the obvious one, which is Yaren trying to just completely stop the fires, which was a bad, stupid fucking idea. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. Kids listening, fires can be good. I live out in a state park. We have controlled burns all the time. It's healthier. Our forest is healthier because of it. You have less animal death because of it. Because it gets rid of all of that mass, so there's less animals like breaking things and not being able to move. There's a lot there that controlled burns are good for. So don't stop fires. Unless they really shouldn't be on fire. Your house. Put out your house fire. Do not put out a controlled burn. Controlled burns are good. I feel like Um, we need to redo our first episode of this season now. And instead of only you can put out forest fires. Only you can start forest fires. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, don't do that. Leave that to your local uh, rangers. They know what they're doing. If you're an idiot, you go camping, make sure to put out your fire and pick up your goddamn trash, you nasty fucking heathens. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's not the point here. I'm off topic. Controlled burns are good. Nature needs that destruction in order to keep everything healthy. But we also see the side effects of what Yaren did while fucking with nature. We now have several smaller fires that are advancing towards the town. We have the big fire that has not only blocked one path, but both paths out of the forest with the traders that even they can't quite contain. They've tried containing it and it made it a little bit worse. Nature has a way of settling everything out. Nature has, I don't know how many of you have seen Godzilla King of Monsters, but listen, it's a great movie. There's a scene in there where they talk about how after these monsters come through and just fucking destroy whole cities, that their radiation leaves a path of green 
it jumpstarts nature in these areas. These overly populated, over-industrialized places are suddenly green. Yes, there is a lot of death. There is a lot of destruction. But sometimes a lot of good can come out of it. Now, obviously, like when they go out of control and start burning down people's houses and making them relocate and killing people, that's not so good. But that's typically because control burns weren't in place. Or if they were, it wasn't done often enough. Things like that. And also consider volcanoes. Lava destroys everything in its path. Yep. Everything is dead. It also leaves really fertile ground, I believe. Once it's like mixed in, Mm -hmm. it's actually really good. Pumice stone is actually also really, really good for people. The abrasiveness of it helps clear dead skin pretty much faster than any of your, like, electronic face things. Pumice is just a really cool byproduct, I think. But that's more ash than lava. This is everything that's been burning in the atmosphere, more so than the lava itself. But continue forth with your point. I'm sorry. My point was just volcanoes are very destructive, but from them also comes life. And that's if you look at anything of extreme monsoons. Months and months and months of just hardcore rain. Mudslides. Houses are damaged. Everything is fucked. But after the monsoon season, everything just goes bananas. Everything is like, we've got water! that just wants to grow so much. Even with the coronavirus, things are starting to be alive. So my theme was accepting help. Yarn clearly has too much pride to accept help from Trisanico, even when offered it, and when he could clearly use it. Then he dies from acute hubris poisoning, because that's what happens when, when, when you're just too proud to accept help. And you go off the deep end and uh, you push yourself too hard. That's exactly Uh, what happens. Yeah. And then with the trader caravan, you'd think that might be hard to take advice from a 10-year-old. But, you know, if if they're, like, yelling at you, like, hey, there's a fire that way. Don't go that way. Regardless of her status in whatever caste system that you have, you might want to pay attention to that. Yeah. They refuse to listen to her, even though she's literally trying to save your lives and you guys are just kind of being jerks about it. So these people just couldn't accept help. Meanwhile, on the other hand, you have Daja accepting help. It goes back to my like from the first section. She had Sandry, Triss, and Frostpine to help her use her magic to control the fires, which was uh, clearly she accepted help and it allowed her to do something she couldn't do on her own. It's okay to accept that help. Don't be too proud to accept help when you need it. Part three of our three-part reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? Well, mine ties in directly to Goodwin's. 
it's incapability of seeing that your pride is standing in the way of doing what you actually want to do because you're so dead set on doing it yourself. I know I have that problem a lot. People are like, hey, do you need help? No, I got it. Fuck off. I can do it. Even though he absolutely refuses their help, Nico helps. But Tris is still the bigger person and is like, I'm going to help anyway. I'm going to pretend I'm not helping, but I'm going to help anyway. There goes a saying that my sister is a huge fan of, and it's do good quietly. And I feel like that's kind of what Tris did is she was just like, I'm going to help. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to make a deal out of this. It's just going to be a guess what? I'm doing this. We don't see it so much in that context when the caravan is like, ew, fuck you, don't touch my stuff, you filthy trenchy. But it's also very evident there that they are too set in their ways and too prideful to accept help from someone who's not only a 10-year-old, but is also an outcast from their society. When literally all they are trying to do is help that's it that's all they want to do and so i know that i have a problem of not accepting help when i need it the most i also have and this is so stupid and i'm aware it's stupid and i've been working on it i promise i have but i have almost resentment in direction to those people who are like, I just want to help when I'm like, I'm going to do it myself. And then I realize I can't do it by myself, but I'm going to do it anyway. I have that little bit of resentment of motherfuckers, you, you assholes. How dare you think I couldn't do this and be right. God damn it. I fucking hate you. Not really, but so like, it, yeah, it's like, I know I can't do it by myself. At a certain point, I might go in fully like, yeah, I got this. Don't worry about it. And then like halfway through, I'm like, shit, it's too late to ask for help. Uh." (laughs) We need more literary examples that show it's never too late to ask for help. Honestly, I think part of this comes with being American because America has this very pull yourself up by your bootstraps attitude there's a big part of our culture that goes against asking for help or getting help. There's something wrong with you. You're you're weak if you ask for help or if you need help. I think that's always what sticks with me because my magic is exactly the same as yours. It's knowing when to accept help because I have a lot of trouble with that. I think that part of it is because I am worried that if I say, yes, I do need help, then it makes me somehow a less good person. I fully understand that. I was actually going to say something funny about the phrase, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Originally, when that started being said, it was used to describe a very impossible task that was kind of foolhardy it wasn't so much of like a oh well you have to be strong enough to do that it was literally just a yeah they're gonna try and pull themselves up by their bootstraps because you can't it's yeah not physically possible 
No, it is not. All the people who have been successful have gotten help in one way or another. Look at our president. He got a help of a small oh. loan of a million dollars. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're, you're not you're wrong. Right. The people who say, like, yeah, I just pulled myself up by my bootstraps, they're either lying or they don't remember or don't see that somebody somewhere along the way helped them. Yeah. I think there are a lot of successful people out there who will openly say, yeah, I've had help from this person, this person, this person. It's why novels have acknowledgement sections in them. Yes. It goes back to the very first book. The threads of yarn, the individual wool fibers are not strong by themselves, but when you spin them together, they become stronger. Yes. need to work with other people to be strong and to be successful. And for some reason, we've developed this attitude as a society that you're better if you go at it alone. We see in this book that when you go at it alone, it will kill you. Quite literally. Yes, it will. And he didn't even have to ask for help. Tris and Nico openly offered. All he had to do was say yes. All he had to do was accept. And he couldn't even do that. And I have that problem. Pride is such a fucking bad thing to have. That much pride is such a bad thing to have. You gotta have a little pride. You have to have a little pride. You have to have pride in yourself, in your work, and what you do. But to the point of where it is damaging to you, it's no longer helpful. My problem is is that I'll, I'll complain and complain and complain that nobody ever wants to help me. And then when somebody does offer to help me, I'm like, I don't need your help. I got this. Fuck off. I do that sometimes as well. I just like complaining, okay? Leave me alone. I got this. Mine is kind of, but not exactly the opposite. My personal magic is to not overexert myself. Kind of just taking from Yaren's example, you can't wear yourself out so thin helping others that it affects your own well-being. Yeah. Yes. I have this habit of always jumping to try to help people. And, you know, even if it's inconvenient for me or, you know, it takes mm-hmm. time out of my day. And that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I do have to remember to take time for myself and worry about my own well-being, too. Yes. I have trouble with that also. I noticed that my, my fiance has noticed it, that I'm always going out and getting stuff for someone or even with my family, like going and helping them out with stuff. And I can't do that. Every time. I can't do that all the time. I can definitely say no to stuff, focus on myself. Mine is from Duke Vedris when he says, I had best see what I may do for Anolia. I want to be like that. There's not a lot that he can do. He's not going to be able to stop the fires, but he can be there to just be a shoulder to cry on, I guess, to try to do something if something does come up that he can do, he's there to be able to do it. Yes. Um, I feel like myself, if something is crazy is happening, I get lost in the craziness and start getting all crazy and hectic myself. 
I want to be the calm person, be like, okay, I'm here. If you need me, let me help you instead of getting caught up in the craziness and being all crazy and making things worse for that person. That reminds me a lot of what you said. On, I don't remember if it was the last episode or if it was a couple episodes back on the podcast, but you said that you had issues with, um, like if someone comes up to you crying or something and needs help, you kind of don't know what to do. Yeah, no. Sometimes just being there, you don't have to say anything. You just be in there and being yeah. there for that person and letting them let it out is sometimes all that you need to do. Because you definitely don't always have to, you know, fix something. But just being able to be there for someone is enough. You can also ask, like, you can say, is there something I can do to help you? In my experience, I find a lot of times if there's not something I can do to help, they're like, no, there's nothing you can do. They're like, no, not really. But thanks for being here or something. Like, there's still, I appreciate that you're here that you clearly care even though there's not anything you can do it makes a situation a little less stressful just knowing that you have a shoulder to cry on or something like that yeah my problem is is that i want to fix the problem (laughs) it's very hard for me to just stay still and listen to somebody like i need this I need you to do this, or I just need you to be here. I like, okay, what can I do to fix it? I'm going to do it. I'm going to fix this thing for you. I don't care what you say. I'm going to fix it. Even if I can't fix it. I'm going to. I used to do that all the time, all the time. Anytime uh, Allison would have a problem, I'm always like trying to give her solutions. You can do this, you can do that. And sometimes she just wanted to be listened to just to be able to let it out. And it took me a while to kind of get that. I'm not asking you to fix it. I just want you to listen. (laughs) This is an excerpt from chapter 12 of Daja's book. Yay! The traders had formed a tight cluster at the middle of their line of wagons. The children were crying, but quietly, as trader children were taught. They huddled under the vehicles out of their elders' way. Except for the teams drawing the wagons, the animals were bunched at the rear, guarded by men and teenagers who kept them from escaping into the forest. Daja could smell cooking goat and chicken. Some of the animals must have run into the fire in a panic. On both sides of the sunken road where she had just been half an hour ago, the forest was ablaze. Daja's heart thumped at the sight of those walls of flame. She leaned against the last cart, the one that held her iron bind shuddering. I can't, she thought. I can't. This will kill me. And for who? Them? She looked at the caravan, her eyes watering. I'm trung she. They keep telling me so. They'd be happier if I was dead. If they survive this, the first thing they'll do is put the whole caravan through Kunsuanen. Polyam had caught up to her. She slumped against the wood beside Daja, panting. I wouldn't blame you if you let us to burn, she croaked, her voice thick with smoke. We only did what our people have always done, but Saha custom is cruel when you're on the wrong side of it. Daja wiped her forehead on her sleeve. Inside, where her power was, Frostpine, Nico, and her friends were silent. They weren't the ones who would be the path for all the magic that was needed here. 
It was her body at risk, not theirs. If she backed off now, they would never hold it against her. Any one of them in her place might die of this working, and they all knew it. It was Daja's choice. She looked again at the caravan. This time she saw the faces of her own family, drowned long months ago. Chandrisa could have been her mother, the ride leader her father. For each adult and child, she could name one of the dead, her brother Uneni, always trying to get out of work, mean Aunt Hulweme, cousin Ziba, who loved to sing, her little sister, only nine, in her first month aboard ship, her grandmother, 73 and toothless, still cooking for their crew, all that thinking she did in a breath's time, all that memory, it raced through her like a speeding bird. Water, she croaked. Pollyam gave her a skin bottle. Daja gulped a few mouthfuls down, then poured the rest over her face and head. She'd never had a chance to save third ship Kisubo. Maybe she couldn't save 10th caravan Idaram, but at least she could try. Wow. Tune in next week. Wow. For Dodger's yep. Choice. Dodger's Choice. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for a few music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. So do we, are we sticking with this girl is on fire? This girl is on fire. (laughs) I love you. I love you singing into the beer bottle, please. (laughs) This girl is on fire. There, see that, that, the apathy in that just (laughs) sells it for me. It's just like, God damn it. I hate this. This girl is on fire, and no one will help. That's very true. This country's on fire. That's a better really title. Is. That's a better title. I think that's a better title. You're also not wrong. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.